We're taking our Bibles to Hebrews chapter number 11. We've been going series through the book of Hebrews. And I know it looks like a lot of verses, 1 through 40 today, but I'll give you a little hint. The first service I didn't finish. We only get to Abraham in the chapter, and then we will finish up next week the rest of the chapter. So we get about halfway by the time we're done this morning. Hebrews chapter number 11, and uh, it's good to have each of you here. The only thing I'm not thrilled with in the room is having that Vikings jersey in here today. And so that's my brother-in-law back there, and he's a Minnesota Viking fan, and so we pray for him. Just like, well, that cowboy jersey doesn't help either. And so, But um, the Vikings and Chargers, the best 0-2 teams with no wins, play each other today. And so one of us after day Matthew are going to be big-time losers at 0-3. And then one of us is going to be still a loser, but 1-2, you know, so it won't be much better. And uh, I said I wasn't going to keep track of anything, but my phone just showed something. So I'll say that. I'm not going to say what it was, but that's all I'll say. So um, I forgot about that fantasy thing there. But um, Larry, you might notice today that my preaching, it probably resembles your pastor a little bit more than what it used to. I used to be all over the place back in the day. Would I holler and slobber and things like that quite a bit? I did. I used to holler and slobber. That's why he was sitting on the fourth row. This used to be the splash zone, the first couple of rows right here. And so I didn't really, I, yeah, I did holler some, I did. But we're a little bit more refined now, just a little bit, and more teaching through the Word of God. Hebrews chapter number 11, and your notes there will follow along as we go through. And so we've gone through 10 chapters already, getting into chapter number 11. And most people know this chapter, we call it the Hall of Faith chapter. And as we look at this chapter, it's good to see it all in context as we have that we have a better high priest that's given us better promises and a better covenant. He dwells in a better sanctuary, and he's a better sacrifice. So because of all that, you can have faith in your high priest, and you can have faith in the Lord today. We need faith. Faith is important. We're going to look at faith and define it today and see what the Bible says here. Before we get to chapter number 11, though, I want you to go back with me to the end of chapter number 10 to see this in context and review just a minute, and we'll dive into the new stuff this morning. We look here at our chapter, and we look at verse number 32. It says in chapter 10, But call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated, so after ye got saved, ye endured a great flight of afflictions. Verse 35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence. Hey, don't cast your faith or your hope aside. Keep that confidence. Keep it there which hath great recompense or reward. For ye have, not, for ye have need of patience, that if after, the will of God, after, after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. That phrase, that verse is found in Habakkuk. It's found in the book of Romans. The just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul hath no pleasure in him. Dude, when someone backslides and someone gets away from the Lord, is there pleasure in that when that happens? No. It's really sad when it happens. And that could happen to any of us in this room. That's why we are supposed to help restore such a one, because it could happen to us. We see verse 20, 39 says, But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We look at that word perdition, there's many meanings for that word. It can mean destruction, judgment. It also means waste. And I think that really right 
your waist is one of the best definitions because when you go back, you're wasting what the Lord's given to you instead of moving forward by faith. Now, one of the things I love about chapter 11 here is, like we're going to read about Abraham here in a minute, and he sounds like he's such a faith-filled man. That's how it's going to sound. But then we know what the Old Testament says. And there were great moments of faith, but there was great moments of doubt in his life. Faith is important. But before we really dive into it this morning, I want you to understand something. Faith is something that is not natural for us. Do you realize that today? I'm going to turn the temperature in here down just a little bit. It's a little warm. Earlier it was 59 this morning, and all the older folks were cold in the first service. So I turned the fans off for them so they could be okay. And then now it's like we need a little bit more air. And so we got the air going. It's coming. And so we'll see what it does. Faith is not something that is just natural for us. In fact, before we get saved, the Bible says that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. I want you, this isn't in your notes, so I want you to take your Bibles if you have them. Go back to Ephesians chapter number 2. I want you to see a couple passages, and then we'll dive into our notes for today. Ephesians chapter number 2, you're like, well, why isn't this in our notes? Because this was something that I thought about this morning to dive into. So look at Ephesians 2, number 1 says, And you hath he quickened, or made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation, all of us. You see that? We all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. It's pretty gloomy, isn't it? It's where we were. But look at verse 4. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved. Verse number 8. <clears throat> it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. I hear people say, When do you get saved? I put my faith in Jesus Christ. That sounds good. And it's got some background there a little bit. Before salvation, we are dead. I used the example last service. I could take these, um, I take this pot right here and these fake flowers, and I could go plant them outside. And I could water them. I could do whatever I, I could put them, make sure they get a lot of sunlight, water them. They are never going to grow. You know why they're never going to grow? They're dead. They're fake. Have you ever seen, you know, and not that you want to see this, but have you ever seen a person who has passed away, seen them get up and walk around and move? Hopefully not, right? Yeah. Uh, if you go to one of those horror things that people do, you might have something like that there. But that's just fake anyways, that part. But it's dead. There's no life here. So how can a dead person have faith? Look at what verse 8 says. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Do you realize the very faith we have for salvation is a gift that God gives to us? Because in and of ourselves, being dead, we cannot have faith in God. It's the faith that he gives us. Not only that, but we look at the Christian life. And I hear Christians often say, Pastor, I just don't have faith. In all reality, we But do you realize that the day you got saved, the Spirit of God moved inside of you. Do you know that? The moment you trust Christ as your Savior and put your faith in Him, 
the faith he gives you. You get saved, and that moment you get saved, the Spirit of God moves inside. And did you know, if you take your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 5, I want you to look at verse 22 of Galatians 5. Galatians 5, verse 22, it's listed here, the fruits of the Spirit. Now, as a child of God, and the Spirit of God living inside of us, that means that the fruit of the Spirit is something that can be a part of our lives. And a byproduct of having the Spirit in us, and when we walk in the Spirit, God's Spirit, there's going to be fruit that's produced. Look at verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness. What's the last one there? Faith. So God wants, does God want us to have faith? He does. And God equips us as believers with the ability to have faith. It's one of the things I love about God. He just doesn't say, I want you to have faith and I want you to grow in your Christian life. Now go figure it out. God says, this is what I want, but here are all the tools and everything to do it. My spirit can guide you and you can have faith because of my spirit being in you. Faith, faith is important. In fact, we're going to see how important faith is. Go back to our text and we're going to read verses 1 through 6 before we dive into our notes today. So, literally, we just heard the just shall live by faith. Isn't that what we heard in chapter 10? So what is faith? Verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word substance there means assurance. The word evidence means proof. Let's plug those two words in instead, okay? So now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The proof of things not seen. That's what faith is. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, before he went to be with the Lord, look what it says, he had this testimony. This was Enoch's testimony. Look what it says, that he pleased God. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you want that testimony? that you please God. At the end of the day, you would have said that he pleased God or she pleased God. How many of us would say we want that testimony that we please God? I think everybody would say that, right? So then the question is, how can we do that? Verse 6 tells us, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you say, well, how can I please God? Faith pleases God. Because without faith, the Bible says, this is, this is a big word, it's impossible. Did you know in Greek and any other, it means it can't. it's impossible. You cannot please God without faith. In fact, you can't get saved without faith. In the Christian life, you're not going to grow without faith. If you remember last week, we went through a progression. Throughout the book of Hebrews, the author wants the people of God to grow and not revert back to other things like they have. Maybe go back to Judaism or whatever the case may be. 
And so I mentioned last week we see a progression from the exhortations that are given throughout the book. It begins, if we're the backsliding in our lives kind of begins this way. The first thing that we see from chapter number two of Hebrews is when we let things start to slip or drift. Small things. And we do that in our Christian life. In our Christian life, one day we can be reading our Bible every day, praying, and great, and then all of a sudden we let it slip a little bit. It always begins with a little slip. You never have a big fall right away. It begins with a little slip. Chapter 3 and chapter 4 go into the warning about not doubting the Word of God. See, it begins with slipping and drifting on some things, leads to doubting the Word of God. If you're doubting God and what He says, you're not going to have faith in what He says, right? And then in chapter 6, it goes to the point where they've not only, as we looked at, they've let some things slip and have um, doubted the Word of God, but now they're not hearing the Word of God. They're dull of hearing. The end of chapter 5 going to chapter 6. And if you doubt God, why are you going to listen to what he says? No wonder the, the dull of hearing. And then that dull of hearing leads to, as we read in chapter number 10, where we sin willfully and do our own thing. You'll look at a Christian, you'll be like, how can they do that? It all, it's a progression. You let some things slip. You doubt God in his word. You quit listening to God. And you do things your way. Which leads, as we looked at the end of chapter number 10, that wasteful life that we don't want to have a part in. Where the other way around, the just shall live by faith. In fact, the Bible makes it clear that the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. That's what the Christian life is full of. Those faith moments. And so, as we look here this morning, we're going to look at what faith is. And I want you to understand something. The fact is that God has grown his people through faith. And many people, Old Testament, we'll look at some examples today, did great things for God because of faith. How we as God's people need faith in our lives. Father, I pray you bless the next few minutes that we have this morning. We love you. We need you. Thank you for this passage. Help us as we look here today. Bless us. Meet with us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Number one in our outline here. Oh, faith described. Faith described. I love the fact that the Bible defines it for us. Literally, right before this, the just shall live by faith. So what is faith? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. True biblical faith is not an emotional kind of wishful thinking. Oh, well, I hope maybe this will happen. Well, who knows, but I, that's what I'm thinking. No, faith, and when we think about faith, it's an inner conviction that's based on the Word of God. We think about Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And as we look at this, we see that word substance means assurance. That word evidence means proof. So when the Holy Spirit gives us faith, which He does, when the Holy Spirit gives us faith through the Word of God, the very presence of that faith is what helps us with the assurance and proof of things. You've got to understand some things. J. Oswald Sanders said this, Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. Through faith, we see things we cannot see. Do you realize that? Let me ask you a question. I asked this last service, and I got a little worried when I asked this question. Have any of you seen Jesus? Now, I know you want to see something interesting sometime. Go on YouTube. And type in tortilla Jesus. Okay? Type in tortilla Jesus. 
There's someone in Arizona or New Mexico, one of those places, that left a tortilla on the burner too long, and she is sure as ever that it was, it was Jesus' face on the tortilla. In fact, I'm not kidding. This is real. This is real. She's taken that tortilla and put it in something to keep it, to preserve it, and she's got a little shrine in her backyard so people can come see the face of Jesus in her tortilla. Now, a good fried tortilla with some taco meat and a good taco burrito, I'm sure the marriage supper of the Lamb, there's going to be something like that there. But when it comes to uh, Jesus seeing Jesus and that, none of us have seen Jesus. So how do you know he's there? Faith. The assurance, the substance of things hoped for. The proof of things not seen. That's what faith is. Say, I've never, you've never seen Jesus. Has he worked in your life? But how do you know he's there? You've never seen him. That's what faith is. A lot of people say, show me and I'll believe. That's not what faith is. Faith is not seeing, yet believing. Faith. We believe that God created the heavens and the earth. We believe that God took nothing and made something out of nothing. This world doesn't believe that, do they? This world believes in multiple different things. But the interesting thing is everything that our world believes in when it comes to how everything was here, they always have something to start with, and that something morphs into something else. But we believe that God created everything out of nothing. Were we there when God created everything out of nothing? No. We have faith in the Word of God. You know, we could look even more into that. You know, who penned the words about God creating the heavens and the earth? Who's the human instrument? Moses was. Was Moses there when God created everything? No, he wasn't there. But literally, God said that this is how it happened. And verse 3, look what verse 3 says. For by faith, it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Man, that verse puts a lot of doubt into evolution, a lot of things right there. Because literally God made something out of nothing. Say, well, I believe that. Well, why do you believe that? You have the assurance and proof through this book. That's what faith is. Faith. You can believe some scientists that the earth's been around for billions upon billions of years. Or you can have faith in a God who's given us his book. You put your faith in something. People, I put my faith in science. That's done you a lot of good the past three years, hasn't it? Your faith in science has done you real well. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, God wants you to have faith. But you know what this world wants you to have? Fear. Fear. Turn on the news. Are they trying to get you to have hope in anything? They're trying to get you to be fearful. Remember last month, Hurricane Hillary was coming? I was more scared about the name than anything else. That really scared me to begin with right there. But the, they talk about it looked like California was going to fall off into the ocean maybe. And I was expecting the, tree, the palm trees, you know, like in and out, they're already crossed. I thought they were going to fall all the way down by the time the hurricane was done. And all this prep and all the, you know, you go around Chino and they, people are getting sandbags? Really? 
and they're putting all the work into doing, and if you did sandbags, God bless you for being prepared, and that's a good thing, be a good steward of whatever you want to do. But what I'm saying is, it wasn't that bad, was it? Over the past three years, fear COVID. Fear this, fear that. You notice they're trying to get everyone to be fearful of COVID again? Go get your fifth booster so you're more likely to get it than anyone else. Did I say that out loud? Sometimes I need to shut my mouth. I should just, there should be a little, little thing on there that just stops the muzzle. But that muzzle, I guess my shot collar is not morning to keep me in line on certain things. But this world just wants you to fear. God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Fear is the absence of faith. Fear and faith cannot coexist. In our flesh, we fear. In the spirit, we have faith. And yes, we are kind of, what, we are almost bipolar, right? Just a little bit. We have that dual nature in us. We have the old nature, the flesh. And that flesh is fearful of everything. Where the spirit of God that lives inside of us and the new creature that God's made us, we can have faith in him and trust him with whatever comes our way. So we look at our text this morning, we see, number one here, the fact that faith is described as the, it's the evidence or the substance, the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith enables us to do things. And you look at the Old Testament. Did they see Jesus? No. They had to put their faith that he was coming someday. They had to trust God's word just like we have to trust God's word today. And so what we see over the next full chapter and the next 37 verses is what took place and all that happened because of faith. The just shall live by faith. Noah, by faith, saw the coming judgment. You think about the fact that Abraham saw a future city whose ruler and builder was God. Joseph saw the children of Israel leaving Egypt way before that ever happened. And Moses saw God for who he was. Faith is important, and without faith, church, we cannot please God. We need faith. So we see what faith is, and we see that there in verse number one. And then we see number two today, we see faith demonstrated. And we have a lot of Old Testament examples of men and women that had faith in God and what God could do in their lives as an example for us. Now we look, first of all, letter A, what's the first one mentioned? Abel is the first one mentioned. Immediately when I think of Abel, I think of the fact that Abel made a sacrifice, a blood, an animal sacrifice, and Cain did not. Cain brought fruits and vegetables. And we all know God doesn't want vegetables as a sacrifice. He doesn't want vegetables for a sacrifice. Who'd want that? Give me some meat. Anyways, and uh, if you, you, there might be some in here, you're, you love vegetables. Just be glad I don't eat as many of them so you can eat more of them. That works out great that way. And I'm one of those that's under the belief, this is the circle that I believe. You have, you have a cow, for an example, and they get some vegetables in what they eat. And then as I eat my steak, I'm getting those nutrients from what the, the vegetables the cow ate, and then I'm getting it all in one time. And so, yeah, I think that's great. Some of you, no one believes that. But anyways, it's okay. And so I'll eat my meat and potatoes, and you have all the green stuff you want, and that will be fine. And uh, we had flag football yesterday. Williams got a team that he's on, and one of his players there, he came up, and uh, they, they have to wear mouth guards in their, in their league and things, but these kids, they're putting their mouth guards everywhere. It's, so one kid dropped it right on the grass, and he looked at me, he's like, I can't wear this now, it's been in the grass. I'm like, that's just like some salad, it's okay. And he just stuck it right back in, and I'm like, <laughs> so that's pretty funny. But when we look at Abel, it's interesting to note, 
The Bible tells us in verse 4, it says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gift, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. We look at Genesis 4, verse number 3, and what it says, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought up through the ground an offering unto the Lord. Now, I've heard people say, well, maybe Cain didn't know what he was supposed to bring to God. Well, here's my question then. How did Abel know what to bring? If Cain didn't know, how did Abel know what to bring? And it goes back to the chapter before that. Remember Adam and Eve sinned in the garden? They put on fig leaves and tried to cover their sin, and God sacrificed animals and gave them skins to wear? God wanted a blood sacrifice. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. We understand the importance of that blood sacrifice. So by faith, Abel knew what God wanted. He trusted God and gave God what he wanted. In doubt and doing his own thing, Cain said, I'm going to offer God whatever I want to offer him. Isn't that how that's humanism began right there with Cain, didn't it? Trying to do things his way to get to God. Oh, God wants this? I'm going to do it my way and give, give it to God my way. That's what Cain did. Here's my sacrifice. It isn't what God wanted. Abel, by faith, trusted God and gave God the sacrifice he wanted. He took God at his word. First example we see of faith demonstrated was Abel. And God witnessed to Abel's faith by accepting a sacrifice. And do you realize today at the end of that verse it says, And by it he being dead yet speaketh. We still talk about Abel and the sacrifice that he made. And he died thousands of years ago. Why? Because by faith he did it God's way. So first one we see is Abel. Secondly, we see Enoch. Enoch. Do you know Enoch is not mentioned a lot in the Bible? There's not a ton about Enoch. Enoch's very interesting. Look at verse 5 and 6. It says, By faith Enoch was translated they should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. And we see the fact that he must have had faith to please God the way that he did. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter number 5, this is where we find and see Enoch. It says, And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were three hundred, sixty and five years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. God literally said, you know what? Just come be with me. A lot of people in those days lived a lot longer. In fact, the longest living human that we know was Methuselah. 977, 966, somewhere in there. 900 and a lot. We'll just say it that way. And if you want to know the exact, just read the few verses. Out. Verse 25 and 26 will tell you that. Did you know, though, if you add up from the beginning and you add up the years of all those that lived, Methuselah died the same year the flood came. Did he die in the flood or before the flood? Doesn't say, and I'm not going to speculate. But he died the same year the flood came. Which means it was a wicked time in the world. Am I right on that? Very wicked time. But Enoch had faith in God. In fact, the Bible even tells us in the book of Jude. Jude verse, 20, verse 14 and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints. Enoch was preaching God's word. And you're like, how do you have God's word? How do you know what to say? They might not have had the whole thing. Right? And it is God's word. So somehow God got it to him. 
But their fellowship was so sweet between the two of them, between God and Enoch, God said, you know what, just come be with me. You don't need to be there any longer. You don't got to deal with all that mess. Just come be with me. Enoch had faith. In a day when everyone else around him, all their thoughts were only evil continually. In a day when the world needed God, there was one man who had faith in that day. But not only do we see Enoch, Abel and Enoch, but thirdly, we see Noah mentioned. Now look at verse number 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So remember Noah? God says, Noah, I'm going to bring a flood. It's going to rain on the earth. Now for you and I, when we hear it's going to rain, that makes We've seen rain before. Do you know before that day for Noah, it had never rained before. So God says, hey, Noah, it's going to rain. I think Noah's quite, God, what is rain? Oh, it's water that falls from the sky. Oh, and there's clouds. You say, were there no clouds? I don't know, but you have to have clouds for rain. So, And you're going to build a big boat, Noah. And this boat is going to save you and those that are on this boat. You've never seen it rain before. And you have faith enough to take God at his word. Can you imagine people coming by Noah's house? Hey, Noah, what are you doing? Building a boat. Um, where's the water at? I don't know. It's not here. God's going to send it. That's a bit. Now, imagine all the technology we have today. If that big boat was built in the desert out here, how are you going to get it to the ocean? That's a big boat. You couldn't get it there. Literally, the boat had to come up off the ground right where it was. That's faith. And this didn't happen like two months after Noah started building. It's a hundred years. Some of you look like you've been around a hundred years, but no one in this room's been around a hundred years yet. Getting close, getting real close right here. Could you imagine building and waiting a hundred years for it to come? That's a long time. And yet he had faith in God. And he took God at his word. He trusted God in what he said. You can look through Genesis 6 through 9 and see more details about that. No one had seen or anticipated a flood was coming. Noah saw it by faith in God. And you know what his faith led him to do? It led him to work. It's what James chapter 2 is all about. Faith without works is dead being alone. Your faith put into action is your works. And he had faith in God and he did something about it. So as we look at this faith demonstrated, we see Abel, we see Enoch, we see Noah here. And then letter D, and lastly this morning, say lastly, we'll be here for like 10, 15 minutes on this one point, okay? So just relax, because this is where I ended last service. We're almost done. We see Abraham. I don't need you to send that for me. Abraham, look at verse number 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place that he should offer, they should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise and the strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. 
For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. We look here at one of the great fathers of the Israelites, the Jews, right? It's, I know why his name's mentioned here. But he's a great example of faith because when we look at Abraham, number one, we see that Abraham believed God even when he didn't know where. God says, go. What would our question be? Where's the address so I can put in my GPS? Where, do you, where am I going? North, south, east, west? God says, just go, and I'll show you. Leave everything behind and go. What if God came to you today and said, stop your job, stop everything, and just go, and I'll show you where you need to go. And I will take care of you, I will provide for you, and I will do everything that you need. Would you do it? I would, for you though, you'd make sure it was God saying that, not someone else. That would be my first thing. Make sure it's God saying that. God told me. Sometimes I hear what people say God tells them, and it goes so contrary to his word. Be careful, and don't tell people that God said something for them. God speaks through his word. If it doesn't line up with his word, just don't follow it. You'll be okay. Abraham, well, God, where do you want me to go? Just go. Okay. He got up and went. Now, did he, now in all reality, the passage here says that he went, right? But did he really go right away? No, he took his dad with him and Lot. And they wasted time and stopped in Haran before they even got to where God wanted them to be. So, well, why doesn't God mention all the bad? Because that's what God does. When he saves you, he takes care of all the bad. Just as if we never sinned, justified. When God looks at my sin, looks at me, it's clear. Not because I've never sinned, because I sin all the time. When he looks at me, he sees the righteousness of his son, and God chooses to forget my sin. That's why we look here and we think, about well, he did at moments, but then other times he didn't do what God wanted him to do. He doubted at the same time. We see that he believed God. Look at the next number two. Number two. We see the fact that even when he didn't know how it was going to happen. Isn't that we want to know the where, the how, the when, the why? Isn't that what we want? Okay, God, what, how, how am I going to do this? Well, look, at, look at verse number 11. It says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one of him as good as dead. Now, the, I'm... I'm just going to say something right here, okay? Don't, I, that's why I like using the words, you know, that person's a mature person. They're well mature. They're aging well. Do you see how, do you see that phrase right there about Abraham? He, he gave seed of him as good as dead. How would you like that to be of your old age for this day? You're as good as dead. That's literally what the Bible says right there for, that's how old Abraham was. But he was a lot older than anyone in this room. But that's just, I just look at that phrasing of wording right there, as good as dead. And I'm like, whew, that's a little rough right there. And so none of you are that, you're all much younger than that and much better than that. But we look here, we see, how was God going to do what he was going to do? They had to have a son. Now, I love how it's right that by faith they did these things. But we know the full story, don't we? Did Sarah just say, we're just going to wait on God and trust him the whole time? No. You got that handmade for me. And should they have gone to Egypt? I think that was a lack of faith. Because God never told them to go to Egypt. 
he went down there because of the famine. See the difference when we walk in the spirit, when we walk in the flesh? There's so many different things we could say in that. But literally what happened there, we Sarah says, I have the handmaiden, have a child with her. And Ishmael's born. That wasn't much faith by Abraham or Sarah, was it? But don't you love how it just says here they had faith? Which they did. And I love how God looks at the good. We all tend to look at everybody's bad and leave out their good. God tends to look at the good and leave out the bad. It would do us well to be more like God in those areas. That doesn't mean you don't be careful with people and things. Oh, that person robbed me. I forgot about that, and I'm going to let them stay at my house while I'm gone. I probably wouldn't do that. I don't think that's being very smart on that end of it. But there's a difference, and we see the fact that God remembers the good. And how is he going to do it? He's going to give them a son. But not only this, we see number three, that even when he didn't know the when, he still believed God. Look at verse 13. It says, the Not having received the promise. Do you know all the things that God promised to Abraham have still not all been completely fulfilled? They will be by the end. That's why the, that's why the tribulation and the millennial reign have to happen because it brings everything and completes it all. God promised Abraham a lot, didn't he? He didn't get to see all of it. Look at what it says there. It says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have the opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is heavenly, Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, and he hath prepared for them a city. Realize what they did in the Old Testament is, they do the same thing we do, except backwards. said, the Messiah is coming. We are looking for the Messiah to come. He is coming, and we're going to trust that. We're just pilgrims. We're just world. This world's not my home. I'm just passing through. I'm searching for that heaven, that better city to come. And you know what do we do? We look back to Jesus. We look back to him. They look forward to him. We're just pilgrims and strangers in this world. We're looking for that heavenly home. And do you know, the, they didn't, most of them didn't receive that promise till later on. Jesus even talked about the fact, where, where did Lazarus go? He went to Abraham's bosom, didn't he? Abraham's bosom was not heaven. Jesus set them free from Abraham's bosom after he died. So those in, those in the Lord and those that believed him, bosom, way better place to be and a good place to be because it wasn't hell. It's a good place to be. But Jesus took them to heaven after he died and completed the sacrifice. They Hey Noah, build a boat. When do I need to have it done by? Just build the boat. 100 years. He didn't know the when. Abraham, I'm going to do all these things. He didn't know the when. He had faith in his God. And number four, number four. We see even when he didn't know why. We all want to know all those things, don't we? Where do you want me to go, God? When do you want me to go? How do you want me to do it? And why? Aren't kids good at asking that question too? Why? Why? There are two words I wish the Lord never let my kids learn. No and why when they're talking to me. I'm fine with them. Why? Because I said. 
Why? Exactly. But when it comes to the Lord, it should be. Why? Because he said in his word. That should settle it. That should be enough. Look at verse 17. This is amazing when we look at Abraham here. We're just about done. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said this, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Now listen to what it says about Abraham right here. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Just think about this here. Literally, God finally, after all these years, gives Abraham his son. He has Isaac. And God comes to Isaac one day and says, okay, or comes to Abraham and says, okay, Abraham, you have your son. This son's going to be the one that everything is done through, but this is what I want you to do. Go get your son and go offer him for a sacrifice. Just think on that for a minute. This is, I, it makes a great Bible story and great children's church and great stuff like that, but think real life. Think about God finally giving you what he's promised you and then says, I'm going to take it away. But do you see what it says about Abraham here? That's where I love the fact, I love the New Testament because it shows us things that you don't get to see in the Old Testament there. We don't know what was in the heart of Abraham as he was taking him up. We kind of get a glimpse and think a little bit. But from God knowing his heart, God lets us know he didn't doubt me. He knew that even if I made him kill his son, that I would raise him up or he would be there. That son, he had faith and he trusted God. That's faith. You don't trust God with your finances today. Some of us in this room don't trust God to keep you safe forever. You trust him to save your son and bring him back to life if he killed him? That's what faith is. Faith matters. Faith shows God, God, I believe you and I trust you. I trust your word. And God is looking for his people that have faith. The Bible says that the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. I believe it explains the Christian life pretty simple. It's the way it works. You get saved. Everything's great. You start growing in the Lord. It doesn't always stay that way. There's a point where you stop growing. It happens. Man, Larry, think about you. I remember you came on January 1st of whatever year it was. And I remember you said, I need to get back and get, I want to get more involved in church. And it's the beginning of the year. New year, new me. I'm like, whatever. People say things like that all the time. And then Sunday night on New Year's, I mean, on New Year's Day, Wednesday night, he was here all the time. And as you get going with things, and there are times in the Christian life where the growth is there. And it's awesome when it's like that. But that's not the full Christian life. Because there comes a point where we stop. And as I mentioned, in the, you, don't stop, you don't just stop growing and stay stationary. You're either growing or you're moving backwards. That's the way it works. And what most Christians do, this is the tendency, they grow to a certain point, and then they go back. Then they grow and go back. Grow and go back. And they never get past the elementary stage of Christianity 
as they grow to a certain point and keep going back. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. It's a progression and growth. What needs to happen is you get saved and you grow. Okay, you hit, you hit, you, you start backsliding some. But now when you start growing again, you're going to get further than where you were before because of your faith in him. And then you're going to mess up again and start backsliding and you're going to go back a little bit. But then you're going to grow further than where you were before. That's the goal, right? The goal is to grow in the Lord. And it would be nice if we just grew, 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 and never backslid. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be awesome. That's not reality in this life. You're going to grow. You're going to backslide. It's going to happen. But don't backslide. Don't waste. The prodigal son, he wasted so much. Keep growing. Keep moving forward. Faith. Faith is the key. Faith pleases God. Take God at his word. You're like, but I, pastor, I just, I know where I'm at today. I'm just doubting. Don't doubt him. That's when we're going back. Trust him. Take his word and move forward. Did Abraham have moments of doubt? Yes, he had moments of doubt. Did Noah have moments of doubt? I'm sure Noah had moments of doubt. Did each of these great people have moments? Yes. Did they have moments where they weren't growing? Yes. But they got back up and they kept moving forward. We need faith today. We've only got halfway through the chapter. And you'll look later on. There's names mentioned. The faith that she had. The Samson. There's names mentioned. Barak. What faith did he have? Gideon. Almost making himself a god by the end of his thing. And what he did. But it's not my place to choose who's in the hall of faith. But you know what it tells me? Out of all the Old Testament names there could be. There could have been thousands upon thousands mentioned in the hall of faith. There's a select some that got their name mentioned, and then there's some that didn't get their name mentioned, but it talks about of whom the world wasn't worthy, which we'll look at next week. But what it tells me is not everyone has faith. In the Lord, we are all capable of having faith. And if you're going to grow to become what God wants you to become and you want to please Him, you need faith. How many of you want to please God? We all do. You need faith. Faith. Faith is so important. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And God's been so good to us. Let's take him at his word. If you're here this morning,